Welcome back to the Young and Dadas podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Barbosa, and I'm on a mission to interview and share the thought leadership of Ted Rogers School of Management MBA student leaders. In this episode, I chat with my dear friend and MBA candidate, Ali Janjua. Ali is part-time student, cricket enthusiast, and currently works as the customer marketing manager at a computer software company, Sage. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so lucky to have you on the show and looking forward to hearing all of your unique perspectives and work experience, as well as your experience in the MBA. Oh, no, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, thanks for that. Thanks for having me on, Nadia. I was really looking forward to chatting. Amazing. Likewise. So uh, we usually start off the episode by asking our guests to share a little bit about yourselves to give a bit of a background to our listeners. Yeah, it's it's always like it's always funny to me whenever someone asks me to introduce myself or talk to talk about myself. I have to start with my name, even though like most people already know who I am when they read like the, the, the podcast brief. Uh, but I will do that. My name is Ali. Uh, I'm a part time student at TRSM. I'm just starting my second year uh, at the program. So um, I should be fingers crossed, knock on wood, graduating next next fall. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a part time student. So my day job, uh, you know, I work as a customer marketing manager for Sage Software, which is an accounting and ERP software company that is based out of the UK, uh, but has business all over the world. Um, so basically, I, I manage the, the customer marketing side for our medium segment products in Canada. Um, I've been there for almost a year. I'll have uh, I'll be celebrating my one year anniversary on, you know, the, the, the first of October, I believe. Yeah, that's coming up fast. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's always nice to say that you've been at a company for a year. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm in that like phase right now where it's like it's almost a year, but not quite a year. So I can check that off uh, come October. Um, prior to that, you know, I've, I've worked in various marketing roles at uh, companies, both you know, small and large. Um, spent a lot of time in, in the startup space, uh, spent a lot of time in the education space, um, but mostly working with SaaS companies and, and working in customer marketing. Um, I moved to Toronto last summer, um, and prior to that, I was living in Montreal for about for 17 years. And then prior to Montreal, I was living in, I grew up in, in Pakistan. Um, so it's been a bit of a sort of meandering route that got me to Toronto, but uh, but I'm here now and I'm looking forward to, you know, settling in into the city and learning more about what Toronto has to offer, uh, offer yeah. Uh, That's great. You have so much work and educational experience and I find your background to be so fascinating as a marketer and, you know, someone that is really interested in customer and client relations. Um, But I think that's a really great segue into our first question. So you touched on, you know, growing up in Pakistan and then living in Montreal and now you're in Toronto. So how do you define home and and where do you say home is for you? I, uh, it was funny, I was scrolling through Twitter today and um, I saw a tweet where it said, home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically, uh, which I thought was kind of relevant in this context. But um, it's it's a little bit of a complicated question for me because obviously, you know, I am, I was born in Pakistan, that is home. Uh, that's where my parents will be. Um, my parents currently live in Dubai, but they're moving back to Pakistan. They're going to be there for, for the rest of their lives. So that's always going to be home to me. Um, but I'm reaching, I think next year, I would have spent half my life in Canada. Um, it'll be my 18th year. So I'll have spent exactly half my life in Canada. So now I'm like, uh, am I more Canadian or am I more Pakistani? And um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love both 
I love both those countries. I'm proud to say I'm, I'm part of both of them. Um, but ultimately, I would say home to me is Montreal. Home, uh, you know, I, like I said, I spent 17 years in Montreal. It was the most formative time of my life. Um, I am who I am right now because of my because of the time I spent in Montreal. So, if I had to, you know, give you give you one answer and, and hang my hat on one place, it would be Montreal. That is that's mm -hmm. truly home for me. I think you you mentioned something that's really key is that you can have multiple homes, yeah. right? You, you identify as you know home is where your family is, which is you know Dubai or Pakistan. But you know you've been in Canada for half your life. Is it a, a timing thing? Have you? reach that threshold but I think you can identify with having multiple homes and I want to hear a little bit more about your upbringing too <laughs> what was life like in Pakistan did you play any sports or do any activities growing up that kind of shaped who you are today I I did uh, anyone who knows anything about Pakistan knows that cricket is is a religion um, mm. so obviously I like I grew up I grew up playing cricket quite a, quite a lot uh, you know I would, on the on the back streets, using a taped-up tennis ball, uh, using a chair as a as a wicket. Um, that was sort of you know any any given evening you'd see me and my friends out out there. Um, but I I was I was fortunate with my schooling that the way our, our sort of extracurriculars were set up, we had seasons, and you know for a month we would play every sport. Um, so it was it was really nice in terms of just exposure and, and learning how to play different act, play different sports and do different activities. You know everything from um, baseball, basketball, field hockey, cricket, soccer. Um, wow. We just kind of go through all of it, and then on the side, you know, do debating and theater and um, and just have various clubs. So it was a, it was a nice structure to kind of generalize and then mm -hmm. you know build upon that as as we grew up. Um, baseball was something that really stuck with me because it was a it was a sort of a weird version of cricket that uh, that just was different enough to keep it interesting but similar enough that the skills could cross over. Right. Um, so that's something that stuck with me when I moved to Canada and then um, as I was growing up again you know I, I moved to Canada I moved to Montreal and uh, one of my first sort of social groups and friend my friend groups were um, based on my on just like a beer softball league uh, so we would once a week just go out and, and play softball in, in the summer and you know summer in Canada is such a gorgeous time of the year and having an opportunity to hang out with your friends and, and play a sport outdoors while drinking a couple of beers was just like it was such a fun time Fair enough. Tell us a little bit about your undergraduate career. What did you take? Where did you go to school and why? So I, I attended uh, McGill University. I did an undergrad. Um, I did my BCom in economics from McGill, uh, graduated in 2009. And uh, why did I do econ? Because I didn't know what else to do. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, when I was applying for university, it was like, hey, I can you know, I can take a I can take a major that is a little a little bit more general uh, and allow me to you know dip my toe into various kind of subjects, but without committing to uh, medicine or engineering or something that's you know very sort of on a on a specific track. Right. Uh, so I picked economics, and um, I did it from the school of business, which uh, in hindsight kind of worked out for me because again, here I am doing doing an MBA, but. Um, it was good. I, I really enjoyed McGill. I enjoyed um, my, my classes, my courses. The econ degree did provide that sort of general, um, you know, 
what's what's the term sort of just this general education where it, it kind of gave me um, expertise in various subjects while not generalize um, not spe- specifying in in in, uh, in one subject so um, I'm happy it, it worked out that way yeah it sounds like it gave you a good um, overview and uh, kind of prepared you for the business um, it environment did, yeah. yeah it really did Amazing. And I I have some friends that went to McGill and they absolutely love their time there too. You discussed in your opening remarks that you have worked in a number of different companies across different industries too. So tell us a little bit more about your career leading up to the MBA. Sure. Um, So I, again, I, I, you know, I did my undergrad at McGill um, and I graduated in 2009. And uh, that was just when sort of, you know, the job market tanked um, mm-hmm. after the, the 08 situation. So jobs were, were, were scarce. And um, um, one of the one of the places I was still hiring when I graduated was the university, was McGill University. So okay. I, I started working at their alumni office and I worked with student programs. So um, my role was to basically develop um, uh, career programming for uh, upper level students, so um, third and fourth year students, with the intention that, you know, you engage students when they're still students and ultimately when they become alumni, you maintain that engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so my role there was basically designing uh, pro- career programming with the alumni office and then executing on, on you know, the, the, the marketing for that, the actual sort of uh, implementation of the programs, the events, the webinars, whatever it may be. Um, and it wasn't, you know, for me, when I was doing that, I didn't realize that I was doing marketing, but that's exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from there, I kind of I moved on to a startup called Ready Education, which works uh, with again higher education institutions. And I was working at Ready as a customer success manager, so I you know had a portfolio of about sixty clients, just working with uh, working with them, making sure that you know we're expanding those accounts, um, renewing them, just having a a relationship with those customers. And uh, one of the one of the things that really sort of drove me or or, or energized me when I was working with customers was identifying success stories and and, and really learning about why is X customer really successful and Y customer isn't, even though they're sort of in the similar situation. Um, So kind of unearthing and and bringing those stories to light. And then um, I just started on the side building, building that information, building those stories out into collateral that our sales team could could use for uh, sales enablement, um, and that just became something that was you know super successful. And 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 I kind of carved a role uh, for myself as a customer manager within that company, um, and that's where my my customer market sorry not a customer manager but customer marketing role kind of took off. Um, and from there, I moved to uh, another uh, SaaS company called Orea. Um, where I also did customer marketing. They, they're they a very unique company in the sense that they um, they acquire other software companies, uh, fold them into their tech stack, and then provide the entire library of, of software as a subscription. Um, okay. So, so yeah, they, they position themselves at the net, as the Netflix of, of SaaS or Netflix of enterprise software. Um, and, you know, it's a, that, that was a massive company working with uh, with, with thousands and thousands of customers. So I kind of honed my skills when it came to um, customer marketing there and then moved on to where I am now with, with Sage um, as, again, a customer marketing manager and working on, on the medium segment. Um, 
in Canada. So it was sort of a, um, a fortuitous path because I didn't realize that what I was doing back at, at McGill with my student programming was actually sort of refining my skills to where I am today when it comes to um, engaging with customers and, and ensuring that, you know, um, they're, they're, they're happy, they're renewing, they're, they're you know, continuing to, to be a, a sort of a, um, uh, integral part of the business. Mm. There's a lot to unpack there, especially I'm fascinated because I'm a marketer too. And you said something at the beginning, you didn't realize that you were doing marketing because it, a lot of the times it's your job title doesn't reflect the actual activity because it is so general and you end up being, I'm sure you can appreciate this as a marketer, a jack of all trades where you're kind of doing multiple roles and activities, but all within the marketing umbrella. So it's, I think because you have that diverse skill set and experience, it's really something that you can apply to different industries and different jobs and different functions. Very easily. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I loved about marketing when I first sort of started stepping into, into that was like you said, you're you're wearing various hats. You're working mm. with teams. You know, you're working very closely with the sales team. You're working very closely with the with the product team. You're working very closely with the with the customer team. And you're just almost have knowledge of all of the aspects of the business because obviously you have to speak to the value that that a business or a product provides. So you have to be knowledgeable about how what the various value drivers are across the business. So it was it was um, again going back to that sort of generalizing concept that I, I, I mm-hmm. grew up with, or, or at least when I was applying for university that I kind of that stuck with me, you know, being a generalist when it comes to the knowledge and, and, and information about the product of the company, but then being able to package that in a way for different audiences that is that that is relevant and, and really engages them, which, and that was something that, that really kind of excited me and, and still continues to excite me. So you've had a very successful career, very rich, why did you choose to enroll in an MBA? Um, I ask myself that question um, every Wednesdays, Fridays, Mondays, <laughs> <laughs> around 6.30 p.m. No, I'm kidding. Um, so it was actually interesting. Uh, I I knew that I wanted to stay in the marketing sphere, and I knew that I wanted to expand my skills um, and progress up the proverbial sort of ladder, right? Uh-huh. Um but all of my experience before, you know, the last year, year and a half was very tactical. I was very much on the ground executing on campaigns. And what was really missing from my uh, portfolio was that strategic side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, in my mind, the easy fix to that was, you know, do an MBA and sort of develop those skills and learn about how other leaders and other um, strategists build out the strategy side of things, because I was fairly comfortable with the tactical side. Right. Um, and in my mind, it was like, hey, if I have both of those, then I can really progress and I can excel. Um, so that was sort of my, the, the impetus behind pursuing an MBA to begin with. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, uh, I was looking at, hey, what are the possible options? And then COVID happened um, mm. and everything went remote. And the, the, the silver lining to this very dark cloud was that because everything was remote, I was able to do work and school at the same time without committing to, you know, being in two places or commuting here or there. So it, it opened up an opportunity that didn't exist previously. Um, and that's really what sort of, you know, tipped me over into actually committing to doing an MBA, um, having that opportunity to, to, you know, be on a laptop 
all day, which in hindsight isn't exactly the, the, the best situation, but it did provide that opportunity to do it with sort of minimal resources and minimal commitment in terms of time and, and effort. Yeah, that commute component is when you're doing both work and school, having done that for, you know, a semester is a huge lifesaver. And yeah. I think a lot of people saw that opportunity and what I mean, from speaking with various recruiters at business schools, the enrollment rates for MBAs it's is, yeah. oh my goodness, yeah, it has gone through the roof because everyone has identified an opportunity. And I think there's also been a lot of self-reflection during mm -hmm. COVID. People are kind of looking towards the future. What do I want in terms of a career? What do I want out of life? So there's a lot of you know self-development um, activities as well. But I'd love to hear, so you probably looked into various business schools. Why did you ultimately choose Ted Rogers? I did. I, uh, I was exploring a number of schools uh, here in Toronto. Um, and yeah, while I was kind of looking for schools, I was also uh, moving uh, from Montreal to Toronto. So Toronto was kind of my, I was always going to go to business school there. Mm -hmm. um, and throughout my research, you know, like TRSM and, and the university just kept coming up and um, I kept hearing great stories about students experience at TRSM um, and it was just it was so ingrained in sort of the fabric of Toronto you know being smack downtown um, having fantastic alumni from the university was just so prominent in the city um, that it just it kept coming up to the top of my list and I was like this you know it's a it's a real uh, it's a real opportunity for me to to be a part of the, that community so mm -hmm. you know everything else that i looked at was was definitely i considered but at the end of the day it was trsm that that, that stood out um, because it was just such an integral part of the city that i was moving to so it was kind of like a you know if i'm going to go to toronto i'm going to lean in fully and part yeah. of that was 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 coming to trsm um and then you know obviously i did i did my due diligence and, and spoke to a number of alumni who had who had uh, recently graduated from trsm and uh, they had nothing but glowing reviews to say about about the profs and about the the, the program and um that yeah that just kind of sealed it for me so i went ahead and, and took the plunge Amazing. Tell us a little bit about what you've been involved in and how that's contributed to your experience. I mean, for me personally, unfortunately, I, I feel like I haven't been as involved as I uh, as I would have liked, and that's you know purely because you know it's it's really hard. It's a lot of work to balance school and work. Just mm -hmm. not going to lie, it's 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 a big time commitment. It's a big mental and and sort of emotional uh, commitment as well. Um, so I, I wish I could participate and, and just be involved in more associations and, and extracurricular activities. I think for me, you know, the one that really obviously stands out is uh, the NBA games um, last year. I think that that was, again, a very sort of pivotal time, pivotal event in, in sort of my experience as an MBA student. It was uh, the first time you and I worked together. It's the first time I, I worked with a lot of people that I'm now very close to. Um, so it was definitely a, a great experience. Um, I highly recommend, you know, anyone who has that opportunity to, to explore that um, because it, it was it was fun. Um, it was educational. Uh, you know, you, it helped me build a great group of friends and colleagues. And, and I think that that's definitely something that I would, um, I would do again if, you know, if I had to redo the, the MBA experience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit because <laughs> the NBA games was a commitment and it was, it was, it was um, definitely quite involved. 
to yeah, say the least, was. given all of the various components, because it wasn't just the, you know, case competition. There was, of course, the uh, video and the walking and getting the kilometers. And I, I just want to shout out, Ellie, <laughs> you did... Um, probably the most creative walks and spilt <laughs> out with your kilometer trackers. We use Strava to track our, our various kilometers and it shows a route when you do the walk and you were successful in doing routes that spelled out TRSM. Yeah, that was, a, <laughs> that was a weird, <laughs> I don't know how you planned that, but it was I, such a harebrained kudos idea. To you. <laughs> I, I, I must have had a couple of drinks in me when I came came <laughs> up with that because you should have seen me sort of looking on Google Maps trying to figure out okay, the best what, routes. what are the routes that I can take? And the um, and the S and the R were difficult because you have to find the perfect sort of curve to make it uh, make it an R and an S. And fortunately, you know, I I, I live close to High Park. Um, and there was a perfect sort of street that I could go up just to make the oh, house, amazing. and it worked out perfectly. Um, no, but I was glad that uh, I was able to uh, to do that. Um, but on the point of NBA games, I, I do have to say that uh, the kudos, the real kudos goes to both yourself and Cam, because um, both of you really sort of rallied the troops uh and you know with with the organization that 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 you both did with the execution of you know managing all these individuals across all of these different activities that was a really sort of a, a, a you know a, a fantastic job that, that both of you did um and there were many other people involved i know i'm not going to name everyone but there were many other people involved who, who contributed um but for me you know it was it was really uh, it was relatively easy because everything was kind of laid out and I, you know, my hat's off to the both of you and, well, and to Dale you. and to Donna and the rest of the team who, who enabled that. It was, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was fun work and it was mm -hmm. so rewarding and it really was such a awesome group to work with. It was. Um, yeah. And like you said, it was such a good opportunity to network and uh, kind of form you know, connections with like-minded students in the MBA. So at Absolutely, the end of the day, yeah. it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it really was. So let's talk about uh, courses. Do you have a favorite so far? Has there been a course that you haven't been a fan of? I, I, do, have the tea. A, <laughs> uh, I do have a favorite course. Um, it's controversial because I know that a lot of people didn't enjoy it, but it is business analytics uh, last winter, I guess. Um, it was funny because like, yes, you know, that, that course was difficult. It was challenging for a lot of people. For me personally, you know, I found the content to be really engaging. Um, I found the learnings to be very tangible. Uh, and, you know, some of the some of the skills that I learned through that course, I'm, I'm still utilizing on my day to day job. Um, and, and so for me, you know, that was really something that I took away. And I was like, this is uh, this is something I can use. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool to code and see the results. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect, you know, learning how to use uh, a, a tool that I was completely unfamiliar with in R. Um, that was really sort of, that was really cool and, and educational. And uh, for me, like I, I vibed, not vibe, but I enjoyed the way Mutaza taught his class. Like I, I, I thought he was a really good professor. I thought he was very, um, again, controversial take maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I connected with his teaching style. Um, and I, I also thought that what was interesting about that course is the first time I felt like I wasn't um, being deprived of anything by being remote. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that uh, a lot of our 
especially last year when we went to 100% remote, um, a lot of our professors were uh, also learning with us on, on on sort of the new delivery method. And I think that it's it was challenging, um, but I found that with that class, I wasn't missing anything. I could have, it, it, at least in my perception, it was very much as the same as being in class. So I, I appreciated that. And I think that that also added to sort of my appreciation for for that class and, and, and for that for, for Mozilla as a prof. I agree. I I went into business analytics a little bit um, worried uh, mm -hmm. just having, you know, very limited um, math or quantitative experience. But I genuinely enjoyed his teaching style. Again, like you said, controversial, but I thought he did a very good job explaining things. Absolutely. He, uh, the pace was good. If you had done a stats class in advance and knew the foundations and also did the R boot camp, it wasn't overly challenging and it's good to hear that you have had some real life, you know, application Absolutely, to using yeah. R where it's been helpful in your career. Um, all right, moving forward, wh what's next for you in terms of post MBA? I know you have a passion for marketing, especially the you know cons consumer side of things. Is mm -hmm. that something you'd like to continue with? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I definitely, again, my, my goal with the MBA and, and, you know, in terms of being, where do I want to be in five years? My goal is definitely to be in a leadership position within marketing and, you know, with an expertise on the customer and consumer side. Um, like I said, I've been at Sage for a year and I, it's a company I really enjoy working for. I, I, I love the people that I work with. They're immensely intelligent, immensely capable, immensely hardworking. So I definitely see myself, um, continuing, you know, staying, uh, being at Sage for, for the foreseeable future. Um, but down the road, you know, I, I really like to sort of move up that, that ladder again and, and put myself into a position to be uh, in a leadership position. I, I, I like that. It's amazing. That's the goal. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. <laughs> I, I can see it. You, you have so much to offer and I can see your drive and ambition and your work ethic will undoubtedly lead you to wherever you want to go. Oh, I appreciate that. That means a lot. Thanks. Of course. Um, so tell our listeners, what's been your biggest learning in the MBA so far? My biggest learning? Um, yeah, it, that, that's kind of interesting. It was it was weird because when I was first exploring the idea of doing an MBA, I was I was intimidated by it. Right. I was intimidated by the, the, the concept of going to school and having that on my plate along with everything else that already existed with with work and life and and and, and moving and all of that yeah. um and and it's funny because my parents have been pushing me to do an mba for for so long you know these, these i love my parents immensely um and they they were definitely sort of on my back and Part of it was, you know, my apprehension, part of my apprehension was just the, the sort of being intimidated by the amount of work that it would mm -hmm. bring bring on. And then part of it was also, you know, I am their son, so I'll always push back on anything that they say. So it was more of a rebellious thing, even though you know, <laughs> I'm way past that. Um, but what really surprised me um, and, and sort of what was, what was one of my biggest learnings is that when I started, uh, things just kind of fell into place and, you know, I fell into a routine um, and I was able to manage the workload quite well. And it just kind of dawned on me that sometimes, you know, my my doubt, my negativity or like my perception of how things are going to be is actually what was holding me back. You know, mm -hmm. I, and, and, and I learned that sometimes, you know, just 
All I have to do is start a task or start a project. And even if I don't have a clear cut plan on how I'm going to execute, um, as long as I have faith that I'm going to figure it out as I go along, uh, I'm, 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 I'll be able to manage. Uh, and of course, that, that comes with the caveat that, you know, you need to sort of have the self-awareness to recognize when you have too much on your plate and when you know you you are able to take on more uh, but i really sort of i i enjoyed or i learned that you know, for me especially in this situation just jumping in and starting and then figuring out as i went along was uh was quite eye-opening and, and the fact that i was able to do it I'm, I'm very sort of proud that i was able to and I'm, i continue to be able to execute on that you just answered like three of my next questions <laughs> in that answer, which is amazing. I think there's so much that we can unpack there. I I have read a book recently where they said that, you know, these big tasks like pursuing an MBA can be really daunting. So the first thing you should do is just take that one step forward, yep. even if it's a micro step in that direction, if that's your application or if that's putting together a to-do list with all of your assignments and then kind of going in order of priority. It's that single step forward that's going to give you the momentum to finish it. And oh. I think that's such great advice to give to MBA students that are in the program right now as well as, you know, people that are considering taking their MBA uh, in the future. So I love that. And I'm proud of you too. It's not easy, you know, having done the work and school thing at the same time, there's a lot of things to juggle and knowing when, hey, I, I bit off more than I can chew. Yeah. I need to take a step back. That's okay too. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's a very important call out because um, the self-awareness of knowing when is when when you've taken on too much is essential. Like you need mm -hmm. to be able to sort of know that hey, this is I need to take a break. I need to step away. I need to kind of like take this off my plate for now, and I can come back to it down the road. Right. Uh, but for now, I need to focus on other things that may be more important, uh, both mentally and physically. So I think yeah, that's 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 extremely important. You know, it's it's great to be ambitious. Um, it's great to be uh, to jump in and and try to do everything, but mm -hmm. that also comes with sort of the, 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 the awareness that sometimes things can get too much and it's okay to take a step back and, and mm -hmm. to take something off your plate and, and come back to it uh, in the future if, if the time is right. Agreed. Do you have a system or process that allows you to reflect or to kind of gauge when, oh, I think I, I took on a little bit too much, I might need to reevaluate my priorities? I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call it a process or a system, um, but for, so I, you know, I, I, I like I enjoy going for runs. Um, I try to go at least three times a week. And for me that those, you know, half an hour to 40 minutes is the time to sort of reflect and check in with myself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some people meditate, some people, uh, you know, have various ways of kind of checking with, with, with themselves that that's the way I do it. So, you know, for me, it's like going on a long walk or going for a run and just making sure that, you know, am I comfortable with sort of what I'm doing, where I am? Um, do I need to reassess things? Do I need to sort of like, you know, like I said, kind of take things off my plate? Um, that's, you know, uh, that's my process. So I think, you know, to answer your question, it's about having finding out what is the right way to check in with yourself um, mm -hmm. and sort of making sure that you stick to that and being religious with that, that check in because you know, you, you kind of owe it to yourself to make sure that 
um, you're doing okay. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of always chasing and, and trying to please other people and making sure that, you know, we're doing okay by them. Uh, mm. We sort of forget doing okay by us. So it's, it's important to, to, to not schedule, but have that dedicated time where you can, you're able to, to actually, you know, check in and, and make sure that you are okay and, and you're moving in the direction that you want to move um, and making adjustments if, if necessary. I love that. That's excellent advice. I do the same thing. You know, every week I take, you know, the pup out for a walk and it's my quiet time just to kind of think and reflect and disconnect as well from, you know, our phones and our social Absolutely. media and emails. And it's it's so critical. It is. It is. And we're, we're constantly sort of on, so to speak, mm. and we're, we're connected to our phones. And again, it, it you know, this uh, being 100% virtual and being 100% remote as mm. one of the detriments is that, you know, you're never away from it. You're always connected right. to it. Um, so like you said, you know, if you have a dog, take them out for a walk. If you have, you know, friends that you just want to go for a walk with, do that. Take an opportunity to just switch off and, and, and put away the, the devices and, and um, and again, have some quiet time. Check in mm -hmm. with yourself. Make sure you're you're uh, you know you're not um, you're not burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. And you're 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 sort of making sure that you're doing good by you. Love it. Thank you so so much for oh, sharing everything with us. It was so insightful and so valuable, and I think uh, we'll all enjoy listening to this episode. Uh, for our listeners, would you be comfortable if uh, we had, um, you know, if people wanted to reach out to you, if they had an opportunity to connect via social media? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, on on Instagram, on Facebook, um, by email. Uh, should I should I say my handles or how does that work? Yeah, you can yeah. Um, you can share handles and I'll also include them in the description notes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So my LinkedIn is Ali Hamza Janjua, um, and yeah, just if if you need to chat, if you want to learn more, if you just want to grab a cup of coffee, um, give me a shout. I'm, I'm more than happy to to spend some time with uh, with anyone. And um, I just want to also take this opportunity, Nadia, to, to kind of thank you because uh, both yourself and Roshan, like the, the the work that you've done with this podcast has been um, fantastic for for me. Uh, you know, it's it's been being a being a remote student is not easy. You you know you you look you need that you know you look forward to that human interaction. You want to learn more about the people that you're working with and spending time with, and and you just don't necessarily get that opportunity when everyone's at home. So this resource, the, the podcast has really been a great resource for me to, to learn about the, the fantastic people we have in the program. So I, I really tip my hat to the both of you. Um, and I, I yeah, just wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for, for the work that both you and Roshan have done. It's it's our pleasure. And thank you for, for the recognition, the acknowledgement. I agree. It's such an important resource. And I know that's why Roshan initially started it is because it is all virtual. It is hard to make connections and to kind of know your cohort on a deeper Absolutely. and more meaningful level. So having the privilege of continuing this on even after he's graduated is, is very rewarding. And I'm excited to uh, continue moving it forward. Nice. Nice to hear. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, we will chat soon. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. If you'd like to connect with Ali, you can find him on LinkedIn, Ali Hamza Janjua. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us online and on social media 
Young Dundas podcast to stay up to date on the latest podcasts.